I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike. Mike. Check one, two. With Lee Lonsberry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. Episode 35. There's so much happening today. I can't believe it. I was going to tell you all about Little Piper and her first uh, Super Bowl party. It was going to be great. We're going to talk about J-Lo and the great uh, football game and how it came to... Anyway, no. Guess what? Today we're talking about weather, Iowa, impeachment, and uh, SB 54. That's great. Uh, Joining me on the line is Jeff Merchant, uh, chairman of the Utah Democratic Party. Jeff, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you doing, Lee? Not too bad. Let me ask you, you and yours are safe and sound? Uh, no problems on the roads for you guys today? No, I uh, decided to stay at home. So if you hear my dogs barking in the background, sorry. Well, I'd, I'd rather hear barking dogs than, uh, than put you in danger. So I'm grateful to you uh, for joining us online. I want to talk to you about a few things uh, today. Primarily, uh, well, I want to get to Iowa in a second. But first, I would like to talk to you about how uh, you and the party here, the Democratic Party here in Utah, respond to this, uh, what seems like a, a revived effort by Senator Dan McCain to discuss this issue of getting folks onto the primary ballot. Are you familiar with his efforts, and, and how do you respond to him? Yeah, you know, I to be honest, I'm I'm both surprised and not surprised. Obviously, this is an issue that has plagued the Republican Party here in Utah in a while. This is really just not something that Democrats find um, particularly concerning. I think that most Democrats are perfectly fine with this dual path to the uh, to the primary ballot. And, and to be honest, it, it, in my mind, it seems like a way uh, of trying to limit people's ability to uh, be involved in the process. And I think that that's the big issue that most Democrats have with this. You know, I, I don't understand what the issue has been over the last several years, but it seems like there's an aspect of the Republican Party that doesn't have a problem with trying to suppress people's ability to get to the ballot box and to be a participant in electing their officials. And and sadly, I think that this is one of those efforts. So if my interpretation is correct of this uh, bill uh, proposed by Senator Dan McKay in its present form, it would allow uh, all parties to have the option of uh, accepting primary candidates though, who had passed only through the traditional uh, caucus convention system. Do you predict that you, let's say in this hypothetical world, and I know it's an unfair uh, thing to do, ask hypotheticals, but to, if this were in place, do you think that uh, the Democratic Party would exercise uh, its then right to, uh, to exclude those uh, candidates who had gathered signatures? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously that's something that uh, would be open to our party to discuss. I would be surprised if we didn't decide to uh, continue with the current path, which is to open as many options for people as possible to get onto the primary ballot, whether that's going through the traditional convention process or going through uh, the signature process. 
Understood. All righty. Uh, well, I think that pretty much covers the, the basis on that topic. Let me now ask you about uh, Iowa. What has your attention today? Just uh, off the bat, before we get into the details, what, uh, what, do, you, what do you focus on particularly uh, here as Iowa, the caucuses, shape up this evening? Well, you know, I mean, Iowa is always fun. It's exciting to see the beginning of the, the process begin. I mean, obviously, between now and at least through Super Tuesday, uh, things are going to heat up and it's going to get uh, more and more interesting as each of these states has a primary or a caucus. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think that uh, Iowa is fun, but it certainly isn't the, the end of the process, particularly with the number of candidates that we have this year. I do think by the time we get to Super Tuesday and Utahns get the chance to vote, uh, we'll probably have a few less candidates. I don't know who those fewer candidates would be, but, um, you know, you saw the poll a few weeks ago showing that uh, there's a, a good amount of support for a number of candidates here in Utah, and, and I hope that, that everybody ends up getting a chance to, to get here and, and to get uh, the opportunity to uh, solicit the votes from from uh, people in Utah that want to participate. Today, February 3rd, uh, it's the first caucus in Iowa that always gets our attention. Uh, it was, I think, the you know the power of Iowa really came about when uh, Jimmy Carter focused so much uh, of his uh, resources and efforts and attention on Iowa, winning the state, ultimately becoming president. Uh, is that the case any longer? Uh, is is Iowa so crucial that you've got to win it if you're going to win it all? No, I really just don't think so. I think, like I said, I mean, look, this is the beginning of the process and people get excited. Certainly, I think that Iowa can give you um, a boost and can give you a push and can help you as you start shifting into some of these other states. But, you know, I think that uh, particularly as you go to South Carolina, as you come out west, I mean, we've just got different issues in, in different parts of the country. And so to, to put an overemphasis on, on one Midwestern state, I think, is probably not um, a wise thing to do, yeah. particularly since we all have different issues and we all see these candidates differently. And someone who might be very popular in Iowa may not be quite as popular in South Carolina or or in the West, you know, I mean, a couple of weeks we'll have a, a primary in Nevada, but even the issues that are important to people in Nevada are not necessarily issues that are important to people here in Utah. What about those folks who do, let's say, among the Democrat folks voting in this election, those folks who are looking for a leader, they're looking for a candidate who is viable, and it is not so much a question of the distinction between the Democrat candidates, but rather who is most capable of beating Donald Trump. Uh, if folks are looking, if all of the Super Tuesday states, Alabama, Maine, Massachusetts, Utah, uh, Vermont, Virginia, and then those uh, in between, uh, what, March 3rd and today, New Hampshire, Nevada, as those folks look to uh, understand or believe or find evidence of the candidate with the highest likelihood of defeating Donald Trump, uh, would they be wise to look to Iowa? Um, you know, I think that I think that looking to Iowa is is certainly an important thing to do, and I think that uh, you know, I, I certainly I don't want my my comments to be misconstrued. I sure, certainly sure. think that the people of Iowa uh, take their job very very seriously. I mean, if you you go out there right now, I mean, it's it's kind of uh, you know 
it's a carnival for for politicos, right? I mean, they're having a lot of. It's fun. incredible. It is. A, it is an absolute spectacle. I can tell you. Yeah. As someone who in yeah. 2012 traveled to Iowa, it is. It is an absolute circus. Yeah, it is, and and in both a positive and a negative way, right? But I think that the reality is, is they take their job very seriously, as do the folks in New Hampshire and some of these other states, and. And I, I certainly think that uh, the people that are making these choices are thinking about the issues. And, of course, I think that, you know, uh, the folks in Iowa, the decision they make should be respected. Uh, but, again, every state has its own issues. And Absolutely. every state needs to think about um, which candidate is going to help them uh, realize the goals and, and the needs that they have. And and. When you've got a, a wide variety of candidates, like, like the Democratic Party does this time, I, I know that we're going to have a lot of desperate views. But at the end of the day, I think this is a healthy process, and it's a good process for Democrats to be going through so that we can come together and find a candidate that can unite all of us. And I actually think that's possible. Jeff Merchant, chairman of the Utah Democratic Party. Sir, I'm grateful to you for joining us. Stay safe if you have to hit the roads tonight, all right? Absolutely. Anytime, Lee. Have a great day. All right. You do the same. Uh, Again, that was Jeff Merchant, chairman of the Utah Democratic Party. We're talking about the relevance of Iowa. I think there are good arguments for and against. It is exciting. Uh, It is also an indicator of what uh, may be uh, a prevailing attitude, certainly among Iowans uh, and and maybe uh, elsewhere. So listen, in the next segment, we're going to be speaking to Derek Brown, chairman of the Utah Republican Party, again, getting his reaction to a new proposal by Senator Dan McKay, which would allow the respective parties here in the state as they place candidates on their primary ballot uh, to uh, prevent those seeking signatures uh, to get on the ballot and allow only those who had passed through the traditional caucus convention system. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Sad news about Rush there, huh? He pretty much invented this industry, if I'm honest. Uh, Most of us wouldn't be here uh, if it weren't for him, and I'm uh, grateful to him, and I'm saddened by this news. Uh, My best... uh, him and his family. Uh, this segment, we've been talking about a proposal put forward by Utah Senator Dan McKay. It's readdressing that issue, which was uh, debated in the face of and in the aftermath of SB 54, which allowed for a dual path uh, to the primary ballot. You could either pass through the traditional caucus convention system or 
you could, in this new fashion, uh, gather a sufficient number of signatures to qualify for the ballot. Uh, well, that, uh, of course, as you well remember, uh, and this debate goes back years and years. I, I can remember uh, when Doug Wright and I were working together, I as his producer, and uh, he as host uh, over five years ago. Uh, and I was making phone calls to some of the same folks I'm speaking to today uh, about this. Uh, well, the the debate is being reignited, this time by Senator Dan McKay. His proposal would allow the respective parties uh, here in the state of Utah to allow only those uh, who had passed through the traditional caucus convention system to find their names on the ballot. To get some reaction to that, I have called uh, Derek Brown, chairman of the Utah Republican Party. He joins us uh, now. Chairman, sir, I'm grateful to you for making time for us. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, I haven't been on your show before. This is episode, what was the number, 30? 30? 35 today. 35? Mm-hmm. Yep, thank well, fantastic. You. Outstanding. Let me ask you first, uh, off topic, uh, you and your family, all of you, you guys are all safe this morning. You've uh, you've been okay on the roads if you need to go anywhere? Well, it's the only thing unfortunate is I'm up at the Capitol doing work, and my kids are all having a snow day. Oh, so those, they're building snowmen and poor children. Uh, having fun, and I'm up here. So. Those poor, poor children. <laughs> <laughs> Tell exactly. me, uh, how do you and the party react to, to this news out of uh, Senator McKay's office? Well, you know, this has been uh, – it's an issue, obviously, for Senator McKay because he was involved. I mean, as you know, Lee, from years ago, he was involved from the from the very beginning. And so I think he's seen some of the uh, the, the pros and cons, and I think this is an effort by it, – it's a really, I think, a good faith effort by Senator McKay to, to look at some of the issues that we've had since then and to try to craft a solution. I mean, one of the things that everyone's talking about um, – well – Today, I guess Iowa is kind of the thing we're all talking about, to be honest, right? But, uh, but one of the interesting races is this governor's race. I mean, we've got as a Republican Party, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches. We've got six really solid candidates running, mm-hmm. and we've got this plurality issue, right? This issue which means that, you know, someone, someone can win with, you know, less than 50 percent of the vote. And the reality is with six strong candidates, we could have a candidate that wins with say, 25 percent of the vote. And so that's always been a little bit of a concern. And the legislature's looked at ways to address this. And I think Senator McKay's bill actually, in a roundabout way, addresses that very issue. How so? How do you see it addressing that issue? Well, what it does is it gives parties the option, because I think one of the one of the reasons this has caused some heartburn for a lot of people is just the fact that as a, as a political party, um, you know, we're a private association and right. You know, we, we, we pride ourselves on kind of making determinations for what we're going to do and how we're going to operate the party. And and the law that was passed sort of takes, you know, we had a li- unlimited options in terms of how we get someone to the ballot. And it kind of took that away and whittled it down to really just kind of two options. And what Senator McKay is doing is saying, well, let me add some other options. And then as a party, you can choose. And so if, say, the Democrat Party wants to choose to have uh, the plurality as a, as a possibility, They're free to make that choice. If we want to choose that or not choose that, we're free to make that choice as well. And so I think that's one of the one of the side effects of giving parties that, you know, this option. And and I think generally speaking, when you're talking about a political party, giving them more options is always better than less options. Now, this is it's a controversial issue. As you and I have been speaking, I've been seeing text messages come through uh, from folks on both sides of this issue speaking to me in pretty strong 
language. Does the, the reason I bring that up leads me to this question. Do the leaders, does the leadership in the legislature have the appetite for a controversial uh, debate such as this, especially in the wake of uh, the great difficulty with this tax reform measure? And that's a that's a good question. I mean, it's very clear that the legislature and the, the the leadership in the legislature is willing to take on difficult issues and make hard decisions, and that's kind of one of the things that we've seen. And so, um, them being willing to take on tough issues, I don't think is the issue. The question is just sort of um, where is the legislature generally in terms of kind of an election year? And and what's interesting is I think. Um, Senator McCain's proposal actually won't go into effect, as it's written, for a couple of years. And that's actually really smart because you don't want to change any of the rules of an election in the middle of the election. You right. can't do that. And right. So I think that's that's one of the, the strengths, I think, is that he's looking at is crafting a solution that gives the party more options, but also saying we're not going to have this actually go into effect until the 2022 election cycle. And so there's there's certainly some merit to that. And in the meantime, what that does is it allows us, the party, to focus on, you know, what we're really about, and that is winning elections, raising funds, organizing, and getting ready for, you know, the activities. I mean, Super Tuesday is coming up here in Utah, and in fact, the county clerks will be mailing ballots out to everyone. I think as soon as next week is when uh-huh. they hit the mail. March third is that Super Tuesday? March third, yeah. That's Super Tuesday, and this is the first time as a state that we've ever been part of Super Tuesday, so it's actually very exciting. Um, it's the first time that we've been this early in the process, and it feels like it's forever away and the elections are forever away. But the reality is the, the county clerks have been working on this nonstop. And, you know, within a week or two, you know, everyone listening will see ballots show up in their mailbox. So it's, it's right around the corner. Outstanding. Derek Brown, chairman of the Utah Republican Party. Sir, I'm grateful to you for joining us. Uh, stay safe on your drive home. And those poor kids of yours who had to stay home from school and play and have fun, uh, send them my best, please, please. Those poor I, well, children. They were, they were disappointed to have to do that, <laughs> but... Uh... That's how it goes. Well, hey, thanks so much, Lee. Appreciate your time. All right, sir. Same to you. Uh, so Thank that's you. that. We've heard from both the parties here in the state of Utah. And listen, you may be asking yourself as you listen to me talk about uh, Senator McKay's legislation, why haven't you had Senator McKay on? Uh, we've, we've reached out. To, we've spoken to him on this program, on other issues. Uh, maybe his schedule's booked up or busy or something. But we'll certainly uh, leave this open invitation to the senator to come on, uh, talk about his legislation, talk about the support he's hoping to gain, and uh, share with us the rationale behind uh, his uh, bringing back to the to the debate stage this issue of uh, the pathway to the primary ballot. So listen, we got a lot of stuff still on the program today. If you look out your window, you're going to see some weather happened. As I look out my window here, I can see uh, Third West and a good chunk of downtown, and the roads remain sticky. I can see uh, slush and snow uh, covering all four, five, six lanes here uh, on Third West as I look uh, towards downtown out the window of the studio here. Uh, and as I click through the UDOT cameras and I look at uh, the road conditions around the Wasatch Front here, I can see it's pretty nasty out there. Uh, to get a sense of what's coming up uh, this evening into tomorrow, we're going to welcome in studio uh, Kevin Eubank, KSL Meteorology, is going to join me in studio in the next segment. And then we're going to turn our attention to Iowa. That's all coming up here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.